joy to know that God's on our side. Oh, hallelujah. It don't matter what you're going through. Uh, I feel like he's, to me, he's as close as my reaching out to him. And I believe he's that close to all of us. I appreciate the opportunity to speak at this church. And I thank you for your kind words and kind smiles. Some places you don't get that. Um, I know this. God's, God's here to help somebody. <clears throat> I was talking to my family today and my sister in Biloxi and she she has the uh, records from where my granddad pastored in Biloxi in 1946 and uh, in those records there was a note uh, my sister said I hope she sent me that picture said a young lady received the Holy Ghost tonight by the name of Luella. Is that your name? Lula May. Luella. I don't know where I got Luella. Lula May. Um, and uh, fortunately, she kept it. I don't understand. I I was in this revival one time, and this man said, Boy, this has been a good revival. I've prayed through three times already. <laughs> well, I don't know how long it's been since you prayed through, but this would be a good night for it to happen. If you've never had the Holy Ghost, this would be the best beginning of your entire life. And then... If the world tarries in the year of 2146, you can talk about when you got the Holy Ghost back there at that, uh, that church. My Lord. You know, the expenses during that time was extreme for the poor people that was trying to build a church. And uh, they borrowed $540 to build their building. And... Uh, I, I looked at those things a while ago, and I said, my Lord, have mercy. And it says, thank the Lord we paid off that $540 and got to church debt-free now. Uh, that was a difficult time for them back in 46. I was at this church recently, and um, their note was $25,000 a month. That might be small compared to y'all's. I don't know. I don't ask questions. I hope it's not. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> no comment. Oh, mercy. Let me read a scripture. You know, I was on the West Coast, and this man had built a church, and his note was 75000 a month. And uh, he finally had to sell his house and move into the church. And uh, in desperation, he prayed, God, help us. And a man prayed through, and he said, Sir, uh, why do you live at this church? He said, well, I'm doing what I have to do. He said, uh, does the church owe a lot of money? And he said, well, they owe a lot of money. He said, well, how much is it? And he told him, and the next night he come back, he gave him a check and paid it off. Uh, <clears throat> We're talking about hundreds of thousands. And you know, well, let me get back to Luke chapter 22 and verse 3. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, 
being of the number of the twelve, and he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. Luke twenty-two forty-eight. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? You can be seated. I want to talk to you tonight about the entry zone. The entry zone. A kiss is not enough. The sop is not enough. Uh, to leave with a kiss. But that kiss was the last time he felt God. Because up until that time, while he was at the chief priest making a deal to sell the Lord, the Lord had not departed from him yet. When he come back to the place where the Last Supper was, Judas looked at the Lord, and the Lord says uh, to them, he says, one of you shall betray me. And Judas looked at him, he said, is it I? And he turned and walked out, and when he walked through the door of that Last Supper, the presence of the Lord departed from him. And I often wonder, why couldn't he have repented? One of the twelve, one of the chosen of the Almighty God. You know, any minute you could lose your house. Any minute you could have a cardiac arrest. Any minute you could have a miracle. You know, he could have fallen on his face and said, Lord, I've made a mistake in a moment of weakness. Uh, just two days, Judas done the craziest thing that a human being could do. And yet I find in our society today, people are selling the Lord for a pack of cigarettes or a can of beer or just one more night on the town. I don't know about you. But I, I'm telling you, it's, it's not worth it. I talk about uh, the zones here tonight, the, the entry zone. There's the construction zone. There's a school zone, a work zone. Uh, there's even war zones. But tonight, when I talk to you about the entry zone, and I can say this, if it's going to happen God help us that it would happen right here tonight. In the book of Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel chapter 8, uh, let me get there and read that. This phone has, this, uh, phone has uh, biblical illustrator, pulpit commentary, 2,800 sermons, five Bible renderings, my Lord, what do you need anyway? I don't have it in this phone yet. But if I had it, I would get you all real good tonight. Several years ago, uh, I suffered with terrifying headaches. Uh, the last headache I had lasted two years. I'd preach and hold my temple like this. I couldn't open my eyes. And how that particular night in revival, I turned to the pastor and I said, Pastor, if God don't touch me tonight, I feel like I'm going to die. I said, could you pray for me? And I had my eyes closed and I wasn't ready for what he'd done. 
he slapped me upside the head so hard he almost knocked me down. He come around, he anointed me for sure. And I said, God, he, he, he killed me. <laughs> I staggered a minute and he said, you feel any better? <laughs> and when I finally, the, my ears quit ringing and I could open my eyes, my headache was gone. And that was 46 years ago. And I hadn't had another headache since. Anybody got a headache tonight? I know how to get rid of them. We're in the zone tonight. My Lord, I hope you get in the zone with me. In, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 8 and verse 5, actually, let, let me go back to verse number 1. Ezekiel, chapter 8 and verse number 1. And it come to pass, or came to pass, in the sixth year and in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in mine house... And the elders of Judah set before me. The hand of the Lord God fell there upon me. Then behold, and then I beheld, and lo, a likeness as the appearance of fire. From the appearance of the loins, even downward, fire. And from his loins, even upward, as the appearance of the brightness, as a color of amber. And he put forth the form of his hand and took me by the lock of mine head. And the spirit, and the spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven and brought me, to the, brought me in the vision of God to Jerusalem to the door of the inner gate that looketh towards the north, north where was the seat of and the image of jealousy, which provoketh to jealousy. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there according to the vision that I saw in the plain. Then he said unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now the way towards the north. So I lifted up mine eyes the way towards the north, and behold, northward, at the gate of the altar, the image of jealousy in the entry. And he said furthermore unto me, Son of man, seest thou what they do, even the great abominations that the house of Israel committed here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary? But turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. And he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, Behold, a hole in the wall. And then he said unto me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, Go in and behold the wicked abominations that they do here. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping things, an abominable beast, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. I'm talking about the entry zone. From, from this chapter 8 in the book of Ezekiel, the Bible says that the prophet of the Lord was sitting in his house with some of the elders in front of him. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord picked him up by the hair of the head. Boy, he'd have trouble picking up some of us. And held him up by the wall. He was taken out of there and he wound up in Jerusalem. And this angel was holding him, or the, the power of the Almighty God. And um, he, he was holding him by this wall. And 
Ezekiel saw a hole in the wall, and he reached out and got a hold of it and pulled inside that wall. He looked around, and uh, he saw trash all around. He, he started sweeping the trash. When he swept the trash away, he found a door. And when he looked at that door, he opened it and walked in. And the Bible says, and he saw all manner of four-footed beast. So I went in and saw and behold every form of creeping things and abominable beast and all of the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. I read that and I said, God, you're going to have to talk to me because I don't understand this and I know you led me to this scripture. And I, I began to search uh, my, my heart and, and I said, God, uh, you, you said in the fifth verse at the gate of the altar was this image of jealousy in the entry. And, and you said, furthermore, son of man, seest the great abominations that the house of Israel committeth here, uh, that I should go far off from my sanctuary, but turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. And I asked myself, I said, God, how bad can it get? The abominations were so terrifying. And I, I laid down in the floor and I said, God, somehow you got to talk to me. I turned out the light and I lay there for three hours in the floor asking God, explain this to me because I don't understand it. And when the Lord started explaining it to me, then I understood he said that the Lord picked him up by the hair of his head and carried him away. He had a bunch of his guys that he was teaching. He was sitting in his house, and he had all of these prophets in front of him teaching them. And the Spirit of the Lord picked him up and took him to Jerusalem and held him up by a wall. And when he climbed in that wall, he found all of these abominations. And he said, God, what does this mean? And this is what I said, God, what does this mean? And this is what the Holy Ghost told me. God wants to get in somebody's head. Because he says, when I entered in, I saw all manner of four-footed beasts chained round about so I went in and saw and behold every form of creeping things and abominable beast and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed on the wall round about oh dear Lord I'm talking about at the entry zone how many times has God spoken to you in the middle of a service and says you know I, I would really bless you if you just step out in the aisle. I'm not asking you to run. I'm not asking you to just, just step out in the aisle and raise your hands. And so you made one step into the aisle, and all of a sudden inside your head, because you have some things closed up inside your head, and you close the door, and you've got trash around, so anybody walking through will never know that there was things in your head. Hmm. But I got good news because if you will allow tonight, I don't know if there's one or two or maybe it's just a warning. But if God would clean up your head, so uh, when uh, Pastor Wright is up here trying to preach and uh, it looks like he can't get a move out of someone who he knows needs to move. When they, he saw them step out in the aisle, and all of a sudden they, they kind of uh, stepped back because he stirred up those beasts that was in his head. And they said, no, 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 you're not going to get in the aisle. I'm going to see to it that you don't get what you need tonight. And the Bible says, and it was all manner 
of four-footed beasts, every form of creeping things and idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. Here was these animals and here was these images that you got in your head that the way you think things ought to be. But when I come to church, I want to come to church with one thing on my mind. I'm going to get from God what he wants me to have. I'm talking about the entry zone. When, when, when you walked in here tonight or when you walk in here next weekend, you need to make sure that you have come before the Lord and say, God, uh, you've got the key to my mind. And I want you to unlock that door and jerk that door open. And I want you to come in inside my head. And I, I want you to let me live without this thing that torments me day and night. Oh, dear Lord. You say, Brother Born, does that happen? I promise you, if I could get an honest answer out of somebody here, you are dealing with something that keeps you from worshiping the Lord. Ezekiel was called on and picked up by the hand of the Almighty God and took him inside the head of the church. And when he walked in, what he saw, and, and, and I know this is a Monday night. It is basically not the night that you worship the Lord. You, you had a hard day on the job. Uh, you had a hard day with the kids. Uh, you left clothes in the washer or piled in front of it. Uh, you promised yourself you would do better. And you get to church and you're so tired, you say, uh, Brother Wright, you're going to have to really do good tonight if you move me. What they're actually saying is, I got something inside my head tonight and I, I don't know if I can uh, respond because I don't want to disturb that spirit that's inside of me. This is not something I read in a book. Uh, when, I, when I looked at that in the good book and I began to read this, I said, God, uh, if, if there's something in my head, Help me to get it out before I get to church. And God, I want, to, I want that door to be opened by you. The Bible says uh, the Spirit of the Lord picked him up and says, and, and he had, uh, uh, let me get back there and read it again. Uh, Ezekiel, uh, when the Lord picked him up, he, he saw uh, what God was fixing to do. And uh, all of a sudden, he was taken away in the spirit. I, I don't know what his guys was doing there that he was teaching, but all of a sudden he's in Jerusalem, and and uh, the angel of the Lord uh, has him holding him by the hair of the head, and he picks him up by this hole in the wall. God, God wants to get inside your head. And he wants to tell you it's not necessarily all work or all play. When we come to the house of God, God always has a purpose for being here. Monday night, uh, I know about what Monday nights are. I preach a lot of places on Monday night. And uh, always there's somebody who has got the victory. And there's always someone there who needs the victory. And I don't know what your particular situation is here tonight, but I'm telling you the God I'm serving will clean house. I'm not talking about in an evil way. He will come in and he will break those chains that has your head where you can't think right. <clears throat> oh, dear Lord. When I drive down the road, going to a place this is the first place i've actually flown to this year i generally drive and uh, my wife with me and we would drive a thousand miles and get there just in time for church and then leave when church is over and drive five six hundred miles to the next place because we want something from god 
uh, when, when God raised me up from that terrifying cancer that I had three years ago and released her from the Methodist hospital where she had fallen and broken an arm and a leg and uh, her future was in the balance. And when God let us, she walked out of the hospital in the Methodist and I walked out of the uh, cancer center there in Houston. I told my wife, I said, when we get home, we're going to prepare our things and we're going to hit the road. She said, well, don't you think we need to wait till we feel a little better? I said, we probably won't feel no better. I'm not going to waste any time. And so uh, we hit the road. Uh, I got to this first place three years ago, got COVID while I was there. My wife got COVID uh, just getting out of the hospital, and she wound up in uh, the hospital in Jackson, Mississippi, for 44 days. No one could visit her. The doctor says she won't make it, but the doctor didn't know God. Oh, hallelujah. And when God healed her, we hit the road again. I remember we went to this little church, and uh, the man says, you'll have trouble finding it. He didn't nearby to explain how bad it was. We drove till we thought we'd reached the end of the world. And then we turned off on a little gravel road. And then we turned off of that road onto a little dirt road. And we pulled up to this church. And I said to my wife, I said, do you think God knows where we are? <laughs> I got in there and preached that night. And uh, they didn't have a lot of people. But there was 12 center men there that night. And when I got through preaching, all 12 of them hit the altar. And all 12 of them got the Holy Ghost that night. And revival broke out like it had not broken out. And before that week was out, 26 men had prayed through and no ladies. Oh, Lord, have mercy. The pastor told me the other day, he said, Brother Bourne, we, we've got to build. Uh, he said, we thought we had this forever. But it looks like we're going to be out of room. We don't have room to expand. We got to build another building. And I said, oh, Lord, that's, that's a bad deal. I said, you know, uh, God wants to do something in your life. But we got to get these fellows. Uh, some come to church and uh, they went to an altar. But uh, they didn't clean out their head. They still got things that affects them and they fight with it every day and all they need to do is come and say pastor here's a key to my head i want you to open up that door and go in and cut those chains and free me from those things that torments me at night when i can't get out now and worship because things begins to torment my mind oh lord have mercy i i, I was driving down i-40 heading west, and uh, I said, Lord, you know, uh, we've got a building project at home, and my skill saw burned up, and I, I need a skill saw. Uh, I was putting every penny I got into the church, and I didn't have none left over, and I said, God, here I was driving 70, 75 miles an hour across I-40, and all of a sudden I saw a skill saw laying out there by the road. And I Shook my head and I said, am I dreaming? And I, I drove about a mile and I put on brakes. I said, no, I'm going back and get that skill saw. There wasn't a house within, uh, looked like within 10 miles of where I was. And uh, I put it in reverse and I backed up for one mile up I-40. Looking out in the weeds there and, and all of a sudden after I got backwards for a mile, there lay that skill saw. And I got out and went over and picked it up, and it, uh, the cord had never been undone. Still had the twist stones on it. And I looked, and there was a brand-new carbide blade on it. And I said, God, this is exactly what I needed. It, it wasn't that much, but I just asked God. I said, God, I, I need this. Uh, I'm, I'm working on the building, and I, I burned up my skill saw the other day when I was home. And uh, if I just I, – I, I don't want to go buy one. And the Lord said, I can take care of that. And all of a sudden, there it lay. And I shook my head and I said, am I awake or am I dreaming? You know, 
God can, if he gets in our head, oh, Lord, have mercy. He'll make you happy when everything is wrong. He'll give you joy when everybody else is sad. He'll give you a, a spring in your step when everybody else is dragging. He is able to do all things. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want one thing to lodge in my head. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, God can free you tonight. Then he said unto me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, Go in, and behold the wicked abominations that they do here. It's not that you do some horrible sin, but the Holy Ghost tells you to get up and worship and you sit there like a knot on a log when God, all he wants you to do is stand up and raise your hands and give an honest praise to him. Oh, hallelujah. So uh, when I put the saw back in the car and uh, I said, God, I owe you a little for this one. So I got out on I-40 and I danced. Oh, Lord. I was dancing and this car comes sailing by and all of a sudden I seen his brake lights come on and he's looking out his window. I said, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> it's not how big a thing that God does, but when he does a little thing, we owe him something in response. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. I say we owe him something in response. And, oh, Lord. I was able to get up out of bed this morning. I had to give God praise for it. So I got out in the hallway and I just walked up and down. And I said, God, you've been good to me today. Hallelujah. I woke up again after 45 years and I still don't have a headache. Well, that is something to give praise for God for. And I'm telling you this, God can cure your headache tonight. Or your problems. Or move in a way that you think is an impossibility. Because he has the ability to do it. Now dig in the wall. Open up the door to your heart. Your problems could be over tonight. I tell God, whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to give you praise today. God, you've been kind to me and I'm going to give you praise. You know, One morning I, I got up and I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, 
Sister, we only give away 14 vehicles, and the one we're driving is the 14th one that God has given us. So I guess it's all over. We've got to take care of this little darling. Because um, this is, I've already got what I give away. You give it back to me. So um, the only thing, I give away used vehicles, and I got brand new ones in response. And while I was talking about it, my son called me, and he says, Daddy, uh, someone in church won't know where you was at. I said, well, didn't you, don't you know where I'm at? And he said, well, I told them I could find you. Uh, and they said, if you could come by Houston, we, someone wants to talk to you. So I got there, and um, they walked up to me, and they said, um, here. And I said, what's this? They said, here's the keys to a new van. Here's the title that's all paid for. I said, thank you. Quickly, I put it in my pocket. <laughs> 180000 on the other one was, was about ready to quit on me anyway, I thought. And so uh, I drove off. And, and then when I needed number uh, 16, it come. And when I needed number 17, it come. When I needed number 18, it come. <laughs> Oh, Lord, I keep my head clear because I don't want to miss out on anything God's fixing to say to me or anywhere he wants me to be. But more than that, when I can see a man or a woman who for the first time walked into a church and instead of being affected by those around them, they don't know who's watching them, they get up and make their way to the altar and when they leave, they've got the Holy Ghost. I remember one one uh, couple come to church. They were 16 years old, this boy and girl, and they were sitting back, way back towards the side, over like this. And they scooted down between the pews, and all I could see was their eyes and the top of their head. And so uh, I preached around, and I finally got over where they are, and I said, uh, "You kids need to go to the altar." And they got up, and made their way to the altar. God filled them both with the Holy Ghost. And then they told me their problem. And I said, well, uh, let me call your mom and daddy. I called them and I said, I need to marry this couple. They've got ahead of things and they're in trouble. And so someone said they'll never make it. But I'm telling you what. When that boy and girl got the Holy Ghost, uh, they soon had a child. But, you know, in 14 years, they never missed one service. Not one time did they ever call me and said, could you come by the house? Not one time did they need me for anything. But when church started, if no one else responded, they would respond he had no skills, and I said to him, I said, son, uh, the way you're serving God, God will bless you. And uh, he got this job, and by the time he was 20 years old, he was making good money. And then it wasn't long that he become the chief uh, diesel mechanic on these huge machineries that... Uh, and he, he was making good money. The kids, now he's got three kids, and they were serving God. And someone says, you know, I, I don't understand. Uh, I had people that uh, I had to counsel with them every week. They was always full of trouble. Uh, it, was, it was in their head. <laughs> Well, they didn't realize what they had in their head, and I'd try to crack their head open with the Word of God, and it didn't work because it was so hard. But um, this couple, uh, soon after they got the Holy Ghost, she come to me. She says, Brother Bourne, could, could I sing in the choir? And I said, well, sure. And she went in the choir, and one of these spiritual ladies up there in the choir said, uh, I, I, I think you made a mistake, Brother Bourne. Look how short her hair is. I said, she has never cut it. 
since you got the Holy Ghost. That's better than you can say. I said she's never trimmed it. Cut the dead ends off. She has never missed a service since she got the Holy Ghost. And for the next 14 years when I was pastor there, she never missed a service. And her children never miss a service. And to this day, Roma has never had to visit that home. My son and these children serve God with gladness because their head's clean. They come from nothing and God made something out of them. One day, uh, I, I had this motor home and it was giving me a little problems. And uh, I called this young man and he come over and he said, what's the problem? And I told him, I, he said, well, he, he said, this is exactly what's wrong. And he told me, and I got in there and I switched some wires around and everything was all right. And when he started to leave, I said to him, I said, son... Uh, you're young, you're uh, twenty. You're 32, I believe, 32 years old. I said, um, what I'm going to tell you, you, you probably won't enjoy it. I said, but God's fixing to call you home. He said, uh, Brother Warren, I'm 32 years old. He went on the job the next day. And he was working on this huge rig, and it exploded, and him way up on the side of it. And uh, he went to meet God. It didn't affect his children because they have yet to miss a service. It didn't affect his wife because she come right on to church. Oh, my Lord. When you get your head straight, it becomes easy. You say, Brother Warren, uh, my job, you know, they have a job. And sometimes he would come in and he would be greasy because he didn't have time to go home. If he went home, he wouldn't have time to get back to church. But he'd come in and say, Brother Warren, excuse my looks. I said, man, you come right on. Anybody that'll worship God like you do, all of those dudes with the fancy suits on, they not worshiping. I said, you worship for them. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. God is fixing to do something here in this church. And only those who give it their best, even in the face of difficult days, Oh, Lord. You know, I, I was at service one night, and uh, I, I stopped preaching, and there was a, a girl, teenage girl, sitting on the second pew, like right here, and, and she was laughing, and she said, I, I said, what's so funny, sweetheart? She said, them things you tell her, they ain't no Ain't that can't be true? I said, Oh, it's true. She laughed. She said, Well, I don't believe it. I said, Well, I tell you what, if I were you, I'd be careful. I said, See that door right there? I said, That's where they'll pick you up. Right outside that door. I said, If I were you, I would give God a little bit of slack. And she says, oh. I said, well, Labor Day's coming. And uh, the church is going to start a new building project. And on that first day of Labor Day, first, the first day they announce work on Labor Day, that's when you're going to meet your maker. She said, I don't believe a word you're saying. I said, see that door? What, what's going to happen? You're going to be coming out of that road right over there. 
and a dump truck's going to hit you and throw you through the air 75 feet, and you're going to land against that door, and when they pick you up, you'll be sitting in a sitting position because that's the end of the time for you. And she laughed out loud. She said, you're crazy, preacher. I said, if I were you, I would hate to see Labor Day come. And on Labor Day, she come out of that little road, heading to her job, and a big old dump truck hit her and knocked her out of the car, threw her 75 feet, and she landed against the church door. It wasn't funny, I'm telling you. So I, from that even that moment, I said, God, uh, I'm going to do right. If there's anything in my head, I want you to get it out. If there's anything in you, you ladies' head, you need to get it out. If there's anything that caused you not to be able to worship God, lay it aside. Because God don't want to do that Amen. to this church. But he will do whatever is possible to get someone's attention. My Lord, so I'm going to expect the good things to happen. Oh, Lord. Why can't God do that for us? If he could pick me up numerous times. Oh, Lord, I was, I was preaching in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And uh, this man told me, says, Brother Bourne, God showed me you wasn't going to live to be an old man. I said, really? Was he talking about me or talking about you? Well, apparently he's talking about him because I'm still here. Uh, I got the Holy Ghost in a revival where uh, 50, 50, Three, I believe, teenagers got the Holy Ghost, preteens. Uh, one of the deacons in the church, he was uh, uh, God's gift to our church. And he said, this revival is nothing but a snotty-nosed revival. It won't ever amount to anything because it's just a bunch of, he said, here's 50 snotty-nosed kids. And what y'all worshiping about well, out of that snotty-nosed bunch, 26 preachers come out of that group. Amen. Oh, Lord, and they covered the United States and the world. Unfortunately, unfortunately, since 1953, when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, uh, I'm the last one living. And so I got a big duty on my hands. I've went to their funerals all over the country, but God's let me live. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And I believe he let me live for Monday night. Just to talk to one person. Could be five, but I know God's trying to tell one person, it is worth every effort that you put into a service. Hallelujah. Because... God wants to get in your head and he wants to show you it is worth more than anything in the world that you can find a place here to give praise and honor to the almighty God. I'm, I'm going to give my best. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Brother Bourne, do you really believe that? I believe it. And I believe that there's some undertaking starting tonight if you would listen to the Almighty God. Uh, I, I am trying in the Spirit to unlock that key that you have locked that part of your head up. And inside you're keeping some things that's keeping you all dis... You don't hardly know what to do. Oh, dear Lord.
God wants to set you free right now. He wants to open up your head. He wants to clean out all of the junk that torments you night and day. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Come on, son. I'm talking about the entry zone. You say, Brother Bourne, there's nothing in my head. Well, this is the way it's going to happen. In the Bible it says, they were swept and clean and there was nothing there not even the spirit and Satan come and he looked and he says that's my vessel and he goes back and gets seven other spirits more evil than himself and they enter in Thank you. 